So I was never checked the whole time. And once again, that was also a woo woo wah thing because I didn't feel a, I did well, a, I didn't want to know. I didn't want my head to be like, oh, I'm X centimeters dilated. Like now I only have so far to go. Like it reminded me of being in dance class as a kid, or I felt like it would remind me of like, you know, five more sit-ups and then you do it and they're like five more and you're like you told me there was only five I was like I am not about to do that I just don't want to know I'm just going to keep going and then we'll get there when we get there welcome to the happy home birth podcast your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support education and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood Have you always known that you wanted to have biological children, or is that something that came with time? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 120 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and Nikki's decision to have biological children wasn't one that she and her husband had in mind for the majority of their 13 years of marriage. Her decision took time and much consideration, as you'll soon hear. But before we get started, I would love to take just a minute to thank our reviewer of the week, and that is Pregnant Mrs. Miller, who says, From Skeptic to Informed Mama. I thought podcasts were impersonal and people who had home births crazy until I stumbled across the Happy Home Birth podcast. Not only has Caitlin and her guests changed my opinion on podcasts, but also home births. Caitlin's energetic and kind personality radiates vibrantly as she interviews practitioners and home birth mamas. Now, 20 weeks pregnant with our first child, we are preparing to have him at home. Thank you to Caitlin and her guests for educating me and helping me find resources to be an informed mama. Congratulations, pregnant Mrs. Miller. This is such an exciting, exciting review. I'm, I'm thrilled for you. And thank you so much for taking the time. If you will email me at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a happy home birth podcast sticker. And if you are listening to the podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, would you take a moment to head to Apple podcasts and leave a five-star, hopefully rating, and maybe even a review. It is an easy, free, wonderful way to support the podcast. All right, let's waste no more time and jump into Nikki's incredible story. Nikki, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Oh my gosh, you have no idea how excited I am. I know I already told you this, but I listened to all of your episodes leading up to our delivery. And so I'm just so excited to get to share and talk to you. That is the best news. It just always makes me so happy when I hear like, Hey, this really is helpful. You know, listening, it's not a big deal. It's not rocket science. It's just listening to the experiences of other mothers and it shows us what we're capable of. And that's really what we've been missing. I feel like in our society. So I love to hear that. I just got chills. Cause it's like, it's really a deep concept when you think about it. Like I'm serious listening to the stories of these other women Gen- I keep getting chills to myself. It genuinely prepared me for what was coming and helped to not only like tamper, if that's the word, the fear, but it, it gave me a vision for what I hoped to have. And so thank you for doing this. It's so, it really is missing. And it's so cool that you've been doing this. Well, I so appreciate that. And every single one of these stories is just like, oh my gosh, it's so worth it. And just getting to hear them all the time. I'm the luckiest person in the world. So with that, would you just start by introducing yourself to the listeners? Yeah. So hi guys. <laughs> My name is Nikki. If I sound a little showy at any point or um, over the top, I am like a professional internet person. I guess you could say I've been making YouTube videos for like the last over 10 years. Um, I, you know, just, I have a very showy entertainment background. So I just have to preface with that. If I sound dramatic, that's why. <laughs> it's because um, I- because I am dramatic. Yes. So I'm currently living in Nashville with my husband, although we're getting ready to move, which is a separate story. We kind of touched on a little bit. Um, and I'm from Los Angeles. I'm 33 years old. I'm about to be 34. My husband and I were actually married for about 13 years before we decided to have a biological child. It's a whole long story. We actually thought we were only going to either foster or adopt. Um, my brothers adopted just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, right? But um, once we went down the path for a couple of years, 
it just, it became evident that I did want to have, we did want to have a biological child. Um, if anyone's interested, actually, I have that whole story up on my YouTube channel and you can literally just search like, I think I called it like why I decided to have babies or why I changed my mind about having babies. Um, anyways, kind of a side tangent. We'll link that in the show notes though. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's going to take a lot of effort on my part to stay focused. <laughs> I go off on 32 tangents. So, um, yeah, that's, that's me. Once we decided, um, I was terrified. Uh, I've always been terrified of the concept of being pregnant, uh, giving birth all of it. I've actually dealt with a lot of chronic pain since I was about 13, 14 years old. We still don't really have all of the answers as to what's going on. Um, and I still deal with it regularly, but that was actually one of the primary reasons we thought we weren't going to have any biological children. Cause I thought I can't, I don't even know how I would carry them. Like the thought of being pregnant was terrifying. So, um, coming to this, you know, conclusion and being blessed enough to have a baby it's just, it's, it's rocked our world <laughs> to say the least. And now I want to have like five babies. <laughs> like once, once we got to experience the miracle of being involved in like the creation of life, it is so just mind blowing. I, I can't wait to do it again. Honestly, I'm nervous because I was sick the whole time, but yeah. So that's, that's my intro. That was a long intro. That's a perfect intro. That's a great, yeah, that's so fascinating. And so I, I know you said that you've got the video, so we don't have to go all the way into it, yeah. but I would love to hear kind of at that switching point, at that decision to have your own, you know, your own biological babies. Yeah. What was that process like? Like what was the mindset shift like? And then what did you do to prepare? Yeah. I mean, man, it, it was a really long process. Like I said, probably about two years in the making. And, and that was two years actively, I'd say, of when we decided, okay, let's build our family. Started going down the path of adoption. Um, it really is a long story. I mean, we went from international to domestic to foster care. We went through parenting classes, psychological evaluations, uh, you know, all of the stuff that you go through when you're going down that path. And um, it's, it's complex what kind of, you know, pushed us aside. Actually, to kind of circle that, we still may adopt one day, but right. we're now at the place where we are going to kind of let it unfold naturally versus trying to make it happen. Um, because I know people who, when their hands have been open to it, the situation has kind of come to them. So at this point, now that we've decided we want bio kids, we want to take advantage of our fertility. Um, but to, to go back to your question, you know, it's interesting when you ask me that I'm like, I don't even know what the exact turning point was or when the decision exactly happened. But I will say, um, I had seen a therapist for a while and in one of my appointments with her, I remember just crying to her saying like, I can't carry a child. Like I can hardly carry myself. How am I going to grow and expand? And I can't do this. And she just said to me, no, you think you can't do it. You don't actually know that you can't do it. I mean, she's like, I get why you've come to this conclusion, but it doesn't mean that it's true. And that's so simple. But I remember that just kept racking around in my head. I was like, she's right. I really don't know. I'm just assuming I can't. And um, actually fast forwarding, I could, I did. And now I want to do it multiple more times. Pregnancy was not what I expected. Um, but yeah, making that decision, I, don't, I mean, I don't even know how to fully answer the question. It was scary. It was scary coming to that point. And it took us about a month and a half, two months to conceive. So it was very fast, um, which was also very shocking coming out of over two years of pursuing you know, adoption and foster care and making basically zero progress and you know, wanting so bad to, um, to do that. And so, yeah, just quite a trip. I'm still going off in 32 directions. No, that's perfect. That, yeah. And that, that makes sense just hearing, you know, how it, I mean, it was, what, what a transition to, to think that you're going to do one thing and then have to not have to, but yeah, in a way have to come to terms with, okay, so if I am making this choice yes. to give birth biologically, what does that mean for me? Like what is in my future at this point? So yes. I hear that like, when you were thinking about pregnancy, you were thinking this is going to be really bad probably yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. so when you got pregnant how did you deal with those feelings and then how did that actually unfold was it was it bad <laughs> yeah, yeah so 
a half it was it was half horrible to be honest and it was half totally fine like in some ways it was way easier than I expected so so for me with my chronic pain a lot of it it's well it's pretty much all it's my joints um you know I've had like a hip surgery a knee surgery I, I've dislocated a bunch of joints and so I just thought how can I carry this baby so first off let me back up I didn't even register that's not even going to be a problem till you're bigger you know so it was only a problem the last couple of months it wasn't the whole time in in that aspect um but then the other half that was horrible was I was actually sick the entire time <laughs> I was throwing up up until days before my pregnancy like it was the whole time and everybody just kept going like yeah, no, you're almost, it's going to be done. It's almost done. I was like, I, I trust you. And it just didn't never, it never eased up. Um, although I did end up having a boy and I have heard a lot of people say that, even though I know it's an old wives tale. I have heard a lot of people say that boys can cause a lot of nausea. There you go. <laughs> and I will say my mom had three girls and never got sick. So just throwing that out there to the wives tale anecdotal mix. Um, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of, I was lucky enough to be able to to rest a lot. I work from home. Like I said, I, I basically make YouTube videos for a living. I'm like a professional internet person. And we were blessed enough to be able to really slow down, which was something that was really important to me from the beginning. Um, because whether this is true or not, I came to the opinion that, that stress could be one of the biggest problems in a pregnancy for the development of the baby and you know the mom and all of that so we really aimed for me to be able to like keep it low key and get lots of sleep lots of rest um i tried really hard to eat good food even though i was sick i read that book what's it called uh real food yeah real real food for pregnancy. pregnancy yes uh-huh my midwife recommended that it was great. great um and so yeah i mean honestly looking back I'm like really proud of myself for my pregnancy because I felt horrible, Caitlin. The whole time I felt pretty bad. And looking back, I can still be like, dude, I gave that like, what do they call it? Like a good college try. I actually don't know if that's a sarcastic saying or not, but like I gave it my A plus effort. But I really did. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm pretty, I'm really proud of myself. Um, Cause pretty much right when we decided we wanted to get pregnant and then it happened shortly after, I dove into like all of the pregnancy delivery stuff and it took a while to come like we'll talk about that it took a while to come to the conclusion that I wanted a home birth didn't take that long but it took a minute um but that all naturally unfolded because I started researching like right away and I think that that's really kind of important on a side note is diving into you know how your body works and how you can best take care of yourself and I don't know. I'm still trying to not go in 32 different directions, but yeah, <laughs> that's that. That's, yeah. That's so interesting. And so you're mentioning the path that you took through your pregnancy to get to home birth. I would love to hear more about that. What was that like? What were you expecting at the very beginning to have happen? You know, it's so funny because looking back, I don't even know what I was thinking. I think it was literally just like, I, all right, I'm just going to get pregnant. And it was like, once I got pregnant, which was also not expected, it's not like I thought, I didn't think I was infertile, but because Dan and I had basically never had an accident our whole time, um, I kind of wondered, I was like, I'm 30, I was 32 at the point. I was like, I've never been pregnant. We have a question mark over a potential miscarriage that happened a long time ago, but it's not basically nothing had really happened. So I was like, maybe I can't get pregnant. And so when I got pregnant, it was very surreal. And then it was like putting my feet to the fire of like, okay, now you got to choose. And it was like, wait, so this baby is going to grow and I am going to have to get this baby out of me. What am I going to do? How will I do that? <laughs> you what? How will I do that? Yes. How will I do this now there? It's not imagination. It has to happen. And so having that realization of like, okay, this isn't an idea anymore. This is really a thing. Um, it took me a little bit. I kind of just, I feel like I was a little bit behind <laughs> the eight ball or whatever the saying is. I didn't want to like call anyone. I didn't want to like make an appointment. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm just pregnant. My test says so like, ha. and I want to say it was around 
maybe seven weeks or so. So maybe it's not that long. That's actually maybe a little dramatic. I got a hold of a of a doctor, went in, had an ultrasound, confirmed, oh man, I am in fact pregnant because I kind of didn't believe it. So that's why I wanted that ultrasound. Saw the heartbeat. Um, and then just kind of there in the office, we're like, all right, well, you're who saw me. You take my insurance. I had read some positive reviews. It was a you know cool vibe. I guess we're doing it here. And it was actually a birthing center here in Nashville. And I mean, it was beautiful. It looked like they brought Joanna Gaines into the office and like decorated everything, like super warm, super cozy. Um, But I had that appointment. And then I had another appointment with the woman who would be my midwife. And I remember I went to this appointment with my mom and my husband, my brother too, but he stayed in the waiting room. And when we had this meeting with her, she was, she was super sweet, but I just remember leaving the office in general with a feeling of like, oh man, this is like a fake version of what I actually want. And it just became like, those memories are actually really specific. Like we drove to a Kroger afterwards and I was like, I'm going to stay in the car. And I like stayed in the car thinking about it. I got pulled out my vlog camera. And actually, you know, a, a lot of people that have been following my stuff have been following for a really long time. So there is like a, mm, I don't know what the word would be, like a rapport, some kind of relationship back and forth between us. And when I was vlogging about it, I, I said, you know, it, it stinks <laughs> because if I wasn't pseudo famous, I would, I think I'd have a home birth. Um, I said, but I'm so scared of something going wrong. Like the last thing I would need on top of my own trauma is everyone else guilting me, even though, I think this is the right move for me and my baby and my family. And so many people came, slid into my DMs and they were like, Nikki, don't let the fact that these eyes are on you like influence your decision. If that's what feels right for you, like go with it. It's your life, it's your baby. And so we did. Now I will say something else now kind of backing up to that, that appointment. I didn't really give the details of like, how it felt like a fake version of what I wanted, but I'll give, I'll give a couple details without trying to not be rude. And you can decide if this is rude and needs to be cut out. Um, but, but one thing, for example, the midwife, um, never engaged with my husband. I don't even think she like kind of looked at him at all in the appointment. And we're really woo-woo-wee-wah. Like to us, it's like, this is our birth. Like it's us together. Um, and he's like Mr. Animal Planet, like loves how nature and things work. And so he really wanted to be involved. And I mean, she doesn't know that, right? Like by some fluke, she was listening or knew who I was it's like, she doesn't know. But for him, it was like, oh, he didn't even get like a look. And then the other thing was um, everyone's favorite phrase, you know, informed consent. I didn't get the vibe that that was going to be like how I wanted there. Like at one point she made a comment and said, you know, we're really about people making their own decisions, what's right for them. And then she said, but you know, if you don't want the vitamin K shot, then we have to have a serious conversation. And I wasn't educated at that point on the vitamin K shot, but I didn't like the tone of that. I was like, Oh, this is the, this is the controlling vibes I'm trying to like ski away from. So (laughs) I didn't like that. So anyways, I started getting all these DMs from people. Do a home birth, do a home birth. I was like, am I like, am I really considering this? And actually, I think it was after this point, I said to Dan, like, hey, and I think we had watched it like years and years and years ago and had forgotten. But, you know, we, I brought up the typical business of being born. I'm like, Dan, let's rewatch it. See how we feel. We rewatched it. By the end, of course, I'm like hype city, USA. I'm just like, this is what we're doing. And then I was like, okay, so how do we go about this? Well, I started calling midwives around the city. Uh, Everybody was booked. People either weren't getting back to me or were completely full. And then I had some fluke thing where I ran into a friend at a concert and she had had home births and has a whole bunch of like crazy stories around her births. And she was like, hey, have you called Nova Birth Center? She's like, they're like one of the best. If If you can get in with them, like, that would be great. And I'm like, I've called everyone, they're booked. Um, well, I called again <clears throat> and I got a call back from my midwife and she called me like two or three times. Sometimes I'm like annoyingly hard to get a hold of. And she pursued me and she was like, hey, I have one more slot. 
And so I filled her last slot and, you know, jumping to the end, which obviously we'll fill in these details. She was like my dream midwife, like perfect midwife for me, which if after that, if you guys are interested in seeing like my actual birth, our birth, I like saying our birth, um, and you want to watch it play out, I uploaded the whole birth to my YouTube channel as well. And so if you want to see who this infamous Jen is, you can see her there. Everybody always watches that video and then they go, everybody needs a Jen in their life. Like she was just so calm and soothing. And yeah, I don't want to jump ahead to too many details at that point yet if we're not there. Um, but when she called me back and I got in for that appointment with her, like right away, first five minutes, I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yep. So at that point, when you met with her, that's, you already knew that you wanted to have a home birth. Yes. I was already aiming for it. I didn't know if I was going to be able to, cause I hadn't gotten a hold of anyone. Um, and honestly, when I went into my appointment with her without knowing she was going to be like the queen that she is, I was just like, this has to work. She's the only available midwife in Nashville. Like I'm sure if she got her, I, I also just kind of assumed which, you know, isn't necessarily the right thing to do, but I just kind of assumed if you're a midwife and you went and got all these certifications and you're like in this community, we're probably on a similar wavelength. Like I just assumed how far off could you be from what I'm hoping? Um, I just didn't expect her to be so, so perfect for my personality. Like you guys hear how dramatic I am. She's the opposite of that. <laughs> She's very oh, like, I love that. I'm Jen and I'm calm and I'll keep you calm. <laughs> I'm like, I love it. Yep. That is, that is like my favorite midwifery. Like it's my need. That's like my, my first midwife, the midwife that I apprenticed under for a long time. She was exactly like that. Just the oh. coolest head, like calm. I just love you, Elizabeth. Come back. I love you, Elizabeth. Shout out to you, Elizabeth. <laughs> and shout out to you, Jen. <laughs> that's one of the things that makes me sad about moving I thought oh she'll birth my second baby for me it's fine because I still do kind of believe what I just said that like if you've gone through the training of becoming a midwife it's like are you really going to be like on a completely different planet than me I don't think so maybe you know that's why it's worth interviewing um but yeah anyways that is a lovely story so I would love to hear now, just once you decided that you guys were having a home birth, what were your next steps? How did you prepare? Um, okay, well, that's okay. This is me going into teacher mode. That's something I want to shoot out there to everyone who's listening. Because I, I have a friend right now, and I'm probably going to send her this podcast and be like, Amy, listen to me. Because I've heard people sometimes say, you know, they want a home birth. But they're like, oh, I don't really know what to do, or I'm not really thinking about it that much. Um, in in my opinion, you should think about it. <laughs> like, it, like I, I feel like it takes preparation, right? Mental mental preparation, physical preparation. Um, because my joke is like, which isn't necessarily true. My advice means nothing. But my joke is that if you're not prepared, if you're not preparing for it, you're going to end up with something you didn't want. Um, so I dove down when I, once we decided it was like, okay, I'm reading the nutrition book. I'm going to watch all the videos. I will say probably 70% of what I consumed, um, video wise was, was positive births because I wanted to keep my head mostly in the space of, of not being afraid and hearing and knowing factually that women are doing this over and over and over and over, not just telling myself women have been doing this forever. Cause it's true. Obviously our bloodline, like we wouldn't be here if someone had birthed before us, but hearing it versus hearing the personal detailed stories is different. So I consume mostly positive content. I did consume a little bit of like, um, backup emergency content. Cause I felt like that was just logical for my brain to hear how tra hospital transfers would go down. Um, we actually took a class as well at Nova they offer different classes for, you know, um, man, it was, it was actually pretty thorough, especially talking to some other friends recently who gave birth. It's like, dude, they had a class where it was like all the different positions you could flip into to keep your baby in the right space. Um, exactly how birthing works. So even though I had watched videos and you know, I had a general idea, they were like using like a pelvis mm -hmm. bone, whatever, to show you how the head and how it's going to rotate and really like 
we tried to become the most basic bay baby experts we could. So like, we know nothing about delivering babies, but also we do. Like when I've talked to other friends who went in blindly and just, you know, they were like, oh, I just assumed the hospital was going to do it. Um, it's amazing how much more my husband and I know, and we learned during that process. So that was probably the biggest thing was just like, well, no, that was tied with physical. But one of the biggest things was this mental preparation of like really going into the world of birth, positive birth, a little bit of what ifs. Um, and yeah, now physically, I tried really hard to um, just care for myself. And even though I was sick, I really tried to get those nutrients in. Um, you know, I mentioned that book, Real Food for Pregnancy. Um, I was cooking. I was trying to consume nutrient-dense food, even though I was throwing up multiple times a week. It's like whatever I can get in, get in. I did weirdly specific things. Like I ate a lot of dates uh, from like maybe the first half on. I was really into my vitamins, lots of water. Um, I tried to stay as active as I could through the pregnancy. We took a walk every single day through the whole thing. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, that's pretty much the gist. Lots of water, lots of nutrients, lots of sleep, movement. You know, I really like pampered myself to the best of my ability. Um, and I think for some, you know, nowadays in culture, I feel like that's seen as like, I don't know, like, like a must be nice, like, ugh. and it is, it is a must be nice type thing. But I think it's much more than that. I actually think it's kind of low key essential. Like you can survive and birth a baby and you can be okay. But it's like, I wanted to go through it. I wanted to thrive. I wanted my baby to thrive. And so I wanted to put as many like eggs in my basket as I could, for lack of a better phrase. You know, I kind of just believe in general, in some ways that control is an illusion. I'm someone who like, at this point in my life, my theology is that I believe that God is in control of kind of everything. So there's like, partially, I feel like we have no control, but then I equally believe that we have to do whatever we can to create the best outcome. So that was kind of where my headspace was at. was like, I have no control, but like, I'm going to do the best I can to make it good. I kind of repeated myself four times, but you get the joke. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, you're right. There is such this kind of beautiful dance between the the ability to control our bubble of I'm going to prepare properly. I'm going to care for myself the best that I can. I'm going to do all of the things in my sphere, but I recognize that there is a vastly larger sphere that I have no control over and being able to not only accept it, but also kind of appreciate it. Like, okay, that's not me. This is not my thing. Like, I trust you, God, I'm going to do my part. And I trust that you're going to do your part. And whatever it is, we're co-doing this together, you know? Yes. And that's what's cool is like the whole doing this together. You know, I feel so, I was just saying this in my podcast yesterday. I feel so blessed and lucky and all of the above to, to have gotten to participate in creation, you know, like to me, and this is why part of why we were pursuing adoption and and foster care, like love is not blood necessarily, you know, like my, I said, my brother's adopted. Um, my husband's not my blood and I love him so much, but it's this different, just like, like magical feeling to be a part of creating something. It's crazy. So, um, anyways, yes, that's, that was really a big thing was taking care of myself. And I think because we live in like this fast paced, like, you know, hustle culture, sometimes I think taking care of yourself can be looked down upon as like weak or, or foo-foo, but I really do think that it's, it's putting all the eggs in your basket for a successful birth, healthy mama, healthy recovery by doing all of those things. And it's not a guarantee, but I did like a lot of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that still makes sense. So you really did a well-rounded job of preparation. You know, you got the mental, physical, emotional, all of that. So as you started getting close to labor towards the end of your pregnancy, I know you said that you were really worried about pain, like chronic pain, you know, being pregnant. How was that? And then how did that kind of affect your like end of the pregnancy and leading into labor? Yeah. So man, it was really hard at the end. It was uncomfortable. You know, I was up 
I, I started losing sleep a lot in the last couple months, like most, you know, a lot of pregnant women do, but it, it was a lot because of just being so uncomfortable. Um, you know, I almost don't even, I'm like grasping for the words. Cause I think everybody's pretty much uncomfortable by the end. And I don't, I don't even know if I was more uncomfortable than, than the next woman, which is partially why I want to do it again, because it just wasn't, I thought like, I'm not even going to be able to like walk around. Um, and it really wasn't, it wasn't like that. It wasn't what I expected. And on a little paused side note, well, I guess people would only be listening if they were pregnant. I was pregnant. I was going to say, if you're worried, like I am, like you can probably, you might be able to do it. Like I did not expect that. Anyways, backing up, uh, I dealt with it, you know, and it obviously it wasn't bad enough. <laughs> Cause like I said, I want like four more kids. <laughs> so it, it wasn't insane, but it, it was uncomfortable. And, you know, you get looser, the farther you go, your joints. Um, now I will say at the end, I only made it to 37 weeks and I'm not surprised looking back because by the end, I literally was like, I, how can I get any bigger? Now I was actually a pretty small pregnant woman in retrospect, like looking at my belly, it really wasn't that big, but my body knew it because I literally was like, I can't do this anymore. And sure enough, I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was done. I was done. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't even know how else to, how to give any more words around that other than saying it just wasn't as bad as I expected. And I'm so grateful that I was able to push past that fear. Um, and I didn't, I mean, all around, right? The home birth as well, but pregnancy, I'm so able, I'm so happy that I was able to push past that fear and do it because the whole experience has been, I mean, so gratifying, so fulfilling and yeah, feel the fear and do it anyways. I mean, that ended up working out well. Yeah, it worked out just fine. Well, yeah. so then I'd love to hear, you know, you said it was 37 weeks when you actually had your baby. So what was your labor experience like? Oh, holy Toledo. Okay. So I had been, I think in what's it called? Prodromal labor for, I think a couple of weeks before that. And I think I didn't know, like in retrospect, I'm like, oh, that those were totally like, what do they call contractions? It's called them cramps. See, now I'm back in period world. I just had my first period two weeks ago in like two years. So now I'm thinking about that. Um, yeah, I had been in like that prodromal labor for a few weeks and I think my midwife knew it. So in my process with my midwife, I was never checked the whole time. Um, I'm once again, a little woo-woo-wee-wah and, you know, going forward next time on a side note, we're going to do even less. Like I'm probably only going to have uh, one scan. I had two last time, or what are they called? Not scans, yeah, ultrasounds. Like ultrasounds. Um, we have two ultrasounds, the one at six weeks, seven weeks, something like that. Cause I wanted to know I was pregnant. And then we did 20 weeks because that's what I wanted to feel comfortable to birth at home. Um, but next time, like we're only gonna do 20 and I'm not gonna do the blood sugar drink. Cause I had like skewed results from that. Which also, sorry, I go all over the place. I hope you're cool with that. Great. Um, on a side note, anyone out there that's that's thinking about that glucose test, I just want to throw out there that you don't have to do that. And I was not aware of that. My, and this is not on my midwife because she's great, but I did not know, oh, I don't have to do this. And what I mean by that is I took the test, uh, felt sick from it, and she made a comment to me and she was like, oh, I know it's pretty gross, but it's kind of just like having a Coke. And I was like, I've never had a Coke. <laughs> so she like looks at me, she's like, what? I was like, yeah, I've never had a Coke. And she was like, oh no. And it, it became clear to both of us that the results were going to be skewed because of that, because my body was not used to that kind of um, sugar dump. And so, yeah, my results came back that like I was having a problem with, with processing everything, right? And I said to her, I'm like, Jen, I really don't think I am. I really think those results are skewed. And she was like, I do too. Knowing that you've never had a Coke, I don't even think these results are accurate. And so I had an at-home, like I, one of those, the finger prick diabetes tests. And I was fine the whole time. So that's kind of on a side note, a twofold thing to people. One, you don't have to do that. 
But two, if you do want to know, you can continue to just, you can just monitor your blood sugar at home with a little finger prick test without ever having to do that insane sugar dump into your body, which in retrospect didn't make sense to me anyways. I'm sure it's fine, whatever. I'm just expressing myself. But in my heart, I was like, should my baby even be having this like massive dump of sugar when I'm at home trying to balance out the proper amount of protein and veggies? And then I'm just like, "Mm, give me that neon green sugar drink and let's just see if my baby likes it. Like everything about that, no. So um, why did I get off on that? What were we talking about? I don't know, but I will add, there are actually, and inside of Happy Home Birth Academy, we talk about, about this a decent amount but it's not even just the sugar inside of the, um, glucola. Mm. There are, there are other ingredients that are just like, Oh, like why? (laughs) So luckily it does seem like a lot of midwives will offer other tests. Even if you did want to go the sugar dump route, (laughs) call it that. But you know, like jelly bean tests or a smoothie, yes, or yes. big thing of orange. And she offered me those, but I yes. was so unaware and, and I was navigating, but go on. But that's a great, I'm glad that you bring that up too, that she did offer it to you, but you didn't even think about it because it's good to, to let other mothers that are hearing this think, oh, okay, I see how that could happen, you know, and like yes. consider it a little bit more beforehand. But yeah. So, and I know there are some like preservative free or different preservative glucolas that don't have the dye and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's good. But I love what you were saying. I mean, number one, you can say decline. Like, yes. Yeah. Decline is a word that should be in your vocabulary and you should be really, really good at wielding it when you feel like you need to. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. That's a fantastic yeah. No, I think there's a lot of things that's become really apparent to me. There's a lot of things within the medical world that, um, you know, and just society in general, that if you just say no, I think a lot of things you have to do to yourself. That's kind of a little bit of a deeper (laughs) statement, but that's what I think about with, with that. And my midwife, like I said, offered it to me, but she, you know, I'm in a major city and she's bound a little bit by certain, you know, laws and regulations. And so looking back, I can recognize she was trying to do informed consent. She was trying to give me the option, but I didn't even know anything about this. And so the questions I was asking and the answers she was forced to give of like, well, which one yields the best result of the blah? It's like, but I, once the weeks unfolded and then I did my own research and then came to these conclusions, it's like, she was able to kind of say with me like, yeah, let's just do that. I don't think you should have done this. Um, so yeah, but why did I start talking about that? I don't even remember. We're talking about, we were uh, about to talk about your, we were going to, to go into your labor. labor. But. Oh, prodromal labor. Uh, that's right. Okay. So I was in labor for a few weeks. My midwife really got to know, you know, my personality. And one of the things that she started saying, oh, cause that's right. We are talking about declining things. So I was never checked the whole time. And once again, that was also a woo woo wah thing because I didn't feel a, I did well, a, I didn't want to know. I didn't want my head to be like, oh, I'm X centimeters dilated. Like now I only have so far to go. Like it reminded me of being in dance class as a kid, or I felt like it would remind me of like, you know, five more sit-ups and then you do it. And they're like five more. And you're like, you told me there was only five. I was like, I am not about to do that. I just don't want to know. I'm just going to keep going. And then we'll get there when we get there. So it was partially that, you know, it was partially the potential introduction of bacteria into the area. And then partially like, you know, a lot of women without going too far into that, but they may have sexual trauma. And I've had a little bit in my past and there's no weirdness between me and my midwife, but I was just like, once again, in the spirit of woo woo wee wah, it was just like, I just want to leave my baby in my womb alone. Like, I'll tell you if I think something's going wrong. I really trusted my mind and body and spirit to, to give me a heads up if something was up. Um, so yeah, so go into labor. So prodromal labor. So in those appointments, my midwife picked up on some personality traits. One of those being that I am a drama queen, but I'm a drama queen who knows she's a drama queen. And so sometimes I downplay things. And so a couple appointments near the end, she started prepping Dan for if she couldn't make it to the house. Um, she started saying like, hey, I'm getting the vibe that Nikki is not really like explaining how bad she feels or like where she might be and she might not even know. So you need to be prepared for this. So we started talking through what would happen if she didn't show up. 
Um, Dan was amped. I mean, honestly, in Dan's dream world, he just wants me to have free births. Like I'm over here being like, Dan, I need an experienced woman. And he's like, I've got this Dr. Dan in the house. He was like, so amped for all of this. And so he was not nervous at all about her not showing up. But I say all of that to say, good old Jen, she pegged me right. Because what basically happened, I guess, rolling into the day of um, Saturday night, uh, my husband was watching a UFC fight and he started feeling a little bit sick. And I was up late because that same night I had just like suddenly gotten hit with the urge that I think every pregnant woman knows where all of a sudden I was like, I have to clean up. I have to pull everything together. And it was just like this panicky feeling of like, everything has to be put together. So I'm like on my feet, organizing baby clothes and doing all of these things. And then Dan says, I'm kind of feeling sick. I think I'm going to take some NyQuil. And so super late, like at 1230 at night, Dan takes some NyQuil. Um, now I have to say during our whole pregnancy, Dan was like super sensitive to like, if I would roll over and be like, Ugh, he'd be like, are you okay? How are you feeling? So that was the Dan I was used to. So Dan takes some NyQuil. And around 1am I wake up and I'm like, I have to pee. And I go pee and I wipe and there's blood. And I'm like, oh crud. <laughs> this, uh, that hadn't happened to me the whole time. I never had spotting. I never had like, you know, what some people think is implantation bleeding. I never had any of that. And so I knew I was like, this is, this is it. This is go time. And so I'm like, Dan, Dan, you got to get up. But Dan had just taken NyQuil. So <laughs> Dan didn't even hear me. <laughs> And, you know, it's amazing though. Dan's in another world right now. Yes. It's amazing though, because in, in my mind, that was such a God thing because we go back to my dramatic personality and sometimes actually, no, let's be real all the time. I feed off of other people's energy and I, I needed to be alone. And so once I made a couple of attempts to kind of wake him up, it wasn't hard. It's not like I'm standing over him, shaking him or anything, but I'm like, Dan. And he wasn't moving, Dan. I'm like, okay. It was like instantly I decided, I'm like, I'm doing this. I have this. And so I got up and I, I filled up my bathtub and I started timing my contractions. Now, the funny thing is the other day, my contraction app just randomly opened and I, it still has my whole history of contractions. And I was like, whoa, man, it was like, and this is the other reason I think it was prodromal labor in those, those weeks leading up because I went from like zero to a hundred instantly. Like right when I started timing my contractions, they were like two minutes apart, three minutes apart. So, I mean, for hours I laid in that tub, just like timing contractions. Maybe after an hour or two, it finally occurred to me to text my doula um, because, <laughs> so this is why Jen was saying that. Um, because we, we did the whole like bougie package, like, you know, a, a long-term doula that would come for the next two days, doulas during the labor, my midwife. And then the way that they do it at Nova is if you're a first time, uh, mom, they actually send you two midwives. So it was like the full on thing, but I just like, I was convinced, uh, even though I, this is weird. Okay. Even though I knew the time is happening now. I also feel like I'm a really dramatic human. And I had heard so many stories of women like calling their midwives. And then it was like, Bob, guess not. See in a few days. I mean, my own mom had gone to the hospital, which I know is different, but like four times with my sister before she birthed. So I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, maybe my body's going to stop. Maybe I'm wrong. And they kept asking me like my doula, do you want me to come now? I can come now. And I was like, no, I'm good. Oh, hold on. I'm having another contraction. And then it would just be like a contraction. And then I would disappear for a while. The text her like an hour later, poor lady. She probably was just like, can you give me an answer so I can go back to sleep or not? You know what to do. <laughs> I'm going to get pretty graphic, but I feel like that's fine. Right. Okay. So yeah, I'm texting her. I'm texting her, texting her. I want to say it was around four or five in the morning where it started to get like even more intense. It was like, it had been hours of just like back to back to back to back contractions. And I was like, whoa, I'm in a time zone or time warp. How long can I do this? Like just back to back pain. And you know, the tub, it felt comforting. We have the best tub, man. I got it off Amazon on a side note. <laughs> if you look at my uh, birthing, our birthing video, you'll see the tub. You're like, Oh, that's a good tub. You can just buy them apparently and just set them in your shower, which is what we did. Anyways, 
it helped, but I was in a lot of pain. And so around, like I said, four or five in the morning, I started, I just decided it wasn't worth kindly waking Dan up anymore. Like he needed to get up. So I basically started yelling at him from the bathroom. I'm like, Dan, Dan, it's time to get up. And he's like, whoa, what's happening? And he comes in and I'm like, I'm going into labor. And he's like, how long has this been happening? I'm like, it started right after you fell asleep. So he was like in a hazy shock, right? Like kind of had a cold, was coming off of NyQuil and I'm there kind of losing it. And so I said, Dan, I have seen so many birth videos. You have to go fill up our birth tub because we had, I told you we got the bougie package. So we had like the inflatable, whatever. And we were going to do it in our office, which is right next to our bedroom. You didn't need to know that, but hey, I'm like, go fill it up. I've seen so many times where they're like, we were going to fill it up, but we ran out of time. And he's like, really? You think I need to fill it up now? I'm like, you need to fill it up now. And so he goes in the other room and he starts like inflating it. Um, to get it ready and filling things up. And then I felt like I was kind of pooping. I don't know. It was weird. It was like something was stuck. And I looked down and something like is bulging out of me. And I'm like, Dan! like, I'm so, that's exactly how I say it. It sounded too. Thank God for Dr. Dan, because I'm always able to freak out and he is always keeping his cool. And so he comes running in the room. He's like, what? And I'm like standing there with my legs open. I'm like, look. And he goes, whoa, that's so cool. And pulls his phone out of his back pocket, takes a picture. And then I'm like, what are you doing? He's all, I'm texting it to Jen. And so he sends it to Jen and Jen was like, oh my gosh, I'm coming right now. That's her sack bulging. So I had already, like, my water had not broken, but I had progressed to the point of my sack bulging out of me like a water balloon, like literally like a water balloon. And she's like, okay, I'm coming now. So she actually calls Dan. And I definitely, here's the weird thing about birth. I'm, I'm, this is the story, but I'm getting the timeline like, confused for sure, because I know baby was born around like 11-ish AM. So some of these hours, I'm confused on the timeline for sure. But some of these things I know is are, are right. So um, yeah, so she called and she's like, dude, I can't believe you didn't call anyone. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't know how far I was. And she's like, I'm on my way, but Dan, you need to be ready because this baby is coming. And I'm like, what? And she's like, I thought this was going to happen to you, Nikki. This baby may be there before I get there. And so Dan's like, okay, cool. And like, just trying to help me. Um, she stayed on the phone the whole time. And she got there in about 20, 30 minutes. Like she was over there lightning and just on the phone the whole time, taking me through each contraction, which you can see and hear in the video. Um, you know, I, on a side note, did not remember to film any of this. I'm so grateful that Dan keeps a cool head because I love that we have that, the video on um, anyways. Okay. So she calls, she's going through the thing, you know, the contractions on the phone and she shows up as well as the second midwife. And I mean, basically, and I can go back and cover these details. I birthed him 40 minutes later, 30 minutes later. So it was fairly fast. The whole labor from start to finish was maybe nine to 10 hours, um, which for my midwife, she hadn't, she hadn't experienced someone birthing that fast for the first time. So I feel really lucky. Like it just kind of happened. Um, man, I'm trying to gather my thoughts. I'm like, where should I go from there? Cause I feel like I just skipped a whole chunk. I don't know if so know if let's talk about question. how you, all right. So your midwife or your midwives arrive. What about your doulas? So, um, we didn't end up having any of the doulas show up until after I delivered, which side note was such a great thing. And we will definitely try to do in the future because we were able to get that first five hour chunk of sleep after we had delivered, um, because the doula was there to help us care for Logan. Um, but it was just the midwives that showed up. And at first it was just my main midwife, Jen. And then it was her assistant midwife or like the second one that showed up, um, a few minutes after her, but it was so cool because like, the whole thing was so peaceful. My bathroom was just so calm. Like the light is streaming through the windows. I've got like my essential oils going. And you know, one thing that really stood out to me in 
in the birthing process um, was, you know, I know I've heard from people that when you deliver at a hospital, that once you are admitted, you are cut off from fluids and food in case you need to go into a C-section. Well, for me, I had a really weird kind of response to the whole thing where like, I didn't want anything to drink or anything to eat like the whole time I was in labor. And then in that last half hour, it was bananas. All of a sudden I was like, I'm so thirsty. And Dan's like, oh, here, I need a hydro flask like filled up for me. I chugged the whole thing in probably 20 seconds. And this is also on camera, although I don't think people realize that's what's going on. I'm like, can I have some more water, please? And the midwife was like, she wants more. I drank three hydro flasks full back to back. And then right afterwards I delivered. And, you know, you can't make claims for anything. I'm not claiming like, because I drank water. I'm just saying it's very interesting that like, that was right before I delivered. Um, and really nothing but, but good happened, honestly, in my delivery process. Um, I ended up not, thank God, I ended up not tearing. I ended up not having any of the issues. And so it's just interesting to see another thing that like I wouldn't have been able to do had I gone the hospital or the birthing center route. Um, and that was just part of my story was drinking so much water and it was out of nowhere. And prior to that, he would be like, please baby, take a sip. And I was like, I can't, I'm not thirsty. And then it just hit me like a wall. Um, so yeah, I don't even, I, I just keep like spewing details. And then I'm like, where do I go from here? Oh, this is fantastic. Well, so another thing that I was wondering about was different positions that you mm. ended up taking throughout your laboring process. So, okay. This is the other thing. If I could change one thing, and I don't even know if, because honestly, my midwife is so awesome and we haven't talked about this. She might've done this on purpose, but I would have had more water um, because I was in a very, like we had drained the tub, you know, cause I was doing all kinds of things, bleeding, maybe pooping, who knows. And so she, we had been draining it and then kind of putting a little water back in, but it never got that full tub feeling that I had hoped for. Um, so as far as positions go though, it was really weird. I froze on my back, basically. We tried to move me, and this is also in the video, we tried to move me on all fours at one point and I panicked. I hated it. I didn't wanna be in that position. I wanted to get to my back. Um, I was really, yeah, I was really freaked out during, during the whole like <laughs> intense laboring pushing process. It was like, I just wanted to be like, don't touch me. I'm not moving. Uh, people can't see what I just did, but I was just like leaning back, looking like a scared person. That was what it was for me. Um, and so I didn't move a whole lot, you know, and I've heard, and, and I wasn't straight on my back because I was in a tub. So I was on a, a tilt, but you know, I know that the generalization is on your back is the worst you know, place to be for a lot of women. That was not the case for me. I did not want to move. We tried, I tried kind of squat. Nope, didn't want to do it. I just wanted to sit straight on my, like lay back in the tub. That was it. So yeah, I didn't really do a whole lot of moving. I mean, isn't that beautiful though? And I've definitely seen that a number of times in a number of births. The mm -hmm. idea of, you know, don't be on your back. Like, I think it's more of this, you need to be able to choose what position mm -hmm. is your body and for your baby. And that may be one position during one birth. It may yeah. be totally different. Your next, it may be different, you know, minute to minute in your birth, but the yeah. ability for you to choose and to say, yep, I need to be on my back right now. And, and yes. agree with you, like it being in water, you're not getting the same pressure as if you were, you know, flat against a bed, but even yeah. if that is what you wanted a flat against a bed, totally. And if that's what you and your body and baby are saying to each other, Yes. Well, and that's the thing that I noticed in those birthing classes with like the intricacy of the pelvis and how it's got to move to let the baby out and all the different positions that a baby could be in. I guess it only makes sense that your body would want to just maneuver into whatever position makes sense. And for me, whether it was mental, physical, emotional, who knows, that was the position that made the sense, the most sense to me, just being kind of on my back. It well, was, it <laughs> yeah, it worked. It was crazy though. Um, so, okay. There's that. <laughs> I don't so, know. Okay. So for when you were in the, this kind of span of time, that was definitely, it sounds like it was definitely that labor land experience where Dan's asleep. You are in, you were in a tub in your shower. You said, 
Yes. <laughs> so, so timeline, I know you said you're not totally sure, but was that from like midnight until morning time? Yes, it was from around. So I started, I think, tracking contractions around 1, 1 And I think I woke Dan up by screaming at him or for him, maybe around between four and six, somewhere in that, that timeline, like super early morning. And then that's where I'm confused because I know that when my midwife showed up, he was, he was into the world like 40 minutes later and he was born around 11 AM. So that means she would have shown up between 10, 10, 20, something like that. So I don't even know what those other four or five hours happening. It might've just been messaging with the, with the midwife or the doula drinking. I don't even know. I don't even know what happened in that time, but looking back, it's like, okay, I know those hours existed. I think I was just so focused on like making it through one contraction to the next, um, you know, and, and then feeling that bulge there at the end and waiting for her to come. It's like, what do you even do right now? So I was definitely, yeah, in labor land for sure. It's amazing. I mean, it, it really is such a, oh, such an experience. I don't know that you can, I don't know that it's easy to, to pin words onto it unless you've experienced that feeling of like, <laughs> time is just not real right now. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. And even looking back at my contraction app, it's like, oh my goodness, I had so many contractions. I mean, it was hours and hours and hours and I timed so many of them and I don't really know. I guess I just did it one contraction at a time. It was like, what else am I going to do? I have to survive just like one contraction at a time. But the whole thing is it's so bonkers. Cause my mom would always say like, Oh, the body's amazing because afterwards you forget the pain. And I didn't forget the pain. <laughs> it was, it was pretty horrible, but what I did, like I came out the other side, A, having such a beautiful like um, experience around it, that that really taints the memory. Like the fact that I didn't have, you know, an obnoxious person that I was, I don't know, like if you get like a, a an off nurse or someone who's had a bad day or like, you don't like the music or the food that they're, what I didn't have anything else to taint the experience. So I've been left walking away from it. It's not that I don't remember, but it's that I'm excited to do it again because it was so worth it. First off, I got my baby. Like when my midwife would say to me, like, this is good. Like you're about to meet your baby. It's like, that didn't really mean anything to me yet. Cause I hadn't met my baby. <laughs> so like, I think that will mean something different the next time. Side note, that wasn't a slam to Jen. Those were all the things she should have said. But I mean, in my heart, it's like, I didn't know how special my baby was going to be to me because I had never had a baby. Um, but in retrospect, just all of that really washed over the experience as being something so positive in my brain, even though I remember it hurt really badly. But man, I just, I don't even know. I was about to say everyone listening to this that's considering a home birth or that's getting ready for their home birth or whatever, I just want to like, cheer them on and give them like a hug and a round of applause and like a yes you can do this because seriously being over a year out and looking back it's like I have nothing but positive feelings towards towards the whole experience and I've I've had so many friends who have had you know the opposite experience at a hospital and I'm not a doctor I'm not God I'm not any kind of medical expert you know we don't really know how much was in their control and the doctor's control. It is what it is. It's not a, a statement of uh, judgment, but I feel like I want to scream from the rooftops how incredible this was because now that I know it's like, I don't know, maybe you don't feel the same way. I'm a little conspiratorial, but it can't help but feel a little more nefarious coming out of something so beautiful and positive and being like, wait, why are they trying to take that away from us? Like, why are there states that are trying to stop home birthing? Like I have one of the most positive birth stories I know of my friends. Like the, the fact that I came out by, by the grace of God, I will highlight that and underline that every time, but it's still my experience. And I feel like I still, I shouldn't be ashamed to share like, Hey, this was like fantastic because the fact that I know so many women who have had the opposite 
of fantastic experiences. I just want everyone to know that this isn't, this is an option. Oh, my dog. She's echoing in and saying, yes. Hold on. Amen, sister. Amen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't even, that's the trail end of that thought. That's, that's incredible. And, and you have brought up so many great points. I'm curious to hear, you know, as we wind down and think about your postpartum, what do you feel like your birthing scenario impacted your postpartum experience at all? Oh my gosh. I just got chills with you asking that question. I, I mean, seriously, it's like, I don't, I, I've been recovering. I mean, I feel like every woman to a degree, it's like only recently do I really feel more like my pre-self in the, in the sense of like, oh, my abs are like very strong again. Now I can sit up and down. There's no like hesitancy of like, are they going to act weird? Cause I got a little bit of ab separation. Um, but, but there's a part of me that feels like <laughs> this is so annoying to say. And I just want to say, I realized that, but, but right when I was done, I, I hopped up and got out of the tub and I was like, like, wow, my stomach had just like deflated. I felt like I was walking confidently. Um, the whole thing was about 52 times easier than I expected, like postpartum. You know, I was still the typical, you're bleeding for a while. Um, I, I don't even know what it was, a few weeks, month, month and a half. I don't remember, somewhere in there. But it wasn't, you know, an excessive amount of bleeding. Like I said, I didn't tear. I did not have a problem with my first poop. I was a little bit nervous, right? Cause you're swollen and it's like, Ooh, is this gonna, but it went fine. Um, you know, I, I say all of that, like I said, I know it's annoying, but I do think people need to know that people come out the other side like this as well. It's not just all like everybody's doomed to like the most hard experience ever. It's like, there are people that come out relatively unscathed and, while I, I could be wrong, my current conclusion is that part of that has to do with, with the birthing and with, you know, birthing where you feel comfortable. Once again, we go back to that whole woo woo wee wah personality I have. And it's like, dude, I truly think you have to feel comfortable and confident in, in where you are. And there's more to it. Like I said, you know, if you've watched the business of being born, I do think there is more than that woo-woo-wee-wah energy. There's some logistical things too, but I am such a believer in the woo-woo-wee-wah. It's like, you got to be in the right headspace. <laughs> so it definitely, I really think it impacted my postpartum. And oh my gosh, the fact that I was able to just give birth and then go in my bedroom and my husband was able to just bring me eggs and bacon while I'm like learning how to feed my baby. And then, and then the doula is able to carry my baby into the other room and like, okay, we'll be right next door while you take your nap. And it's like, I just go to sleep in my own bed. We didn't have to wait to check out or run insurance or get any labs. My baby was never taken from me. And except for that case, when I said, here, take my baby so I can sleep for a little bit. Like I, I learned how to breastfeed in my own bed. Like everything about it was what I would have hoped for in, in my dreams in my imagination. And I didn't even really know it was possible until I got pregnant and had to take all of these things into consideration and walk down this path. And I thought, okay, that's what I want. We'll see what happens. And then I got it and I can't believe it. And so really that's not, I mean, it's kind of a, a brag on my situation because I'm so hyped, but it's mostly meant to be an encouragement that like just reassuring people that are listening that it is totally possible to have an awesome birth and an awesome postpartum. So yeah. I love that. Nikki, I cannot thank you enough for coming mm -hmm. up and sharing your experience. Would you mind just letting the listeners know where they can find you? Obviously they can find you on the internet because like, you are on the internet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, okay. First off, thank you. Cause once again, I just, it's so great what you're doing. I mean, seriously, I never expected to become so passionate about birth. And like I said, there is this side of me that like, you know, once you become a little a conspiratorial, it's like, 
life and birth is so important. And, and if people can take that back, if women can take that and claim them, claim it for themselves and have it be what they want it to be. I just think that's so cool. And it's something I never expected to be so passionate about because you can't know until you have a kid. So anyways, okay, where they can find me. If you want to check out my stuff, you can literally just look up my name, Nikki Philippi, N-I-K-K-I, and you'll see it spelled in the episode. And I'm on YouTube. I'm kind of everywhere and anywhere else that's going to be, you know, opening up video platforms. I'll probably be distributing there, just kind of taking it one day at a time. Um, but yeah, YouTube is kind of one of my main postings. Instagram is one of my main places. And I would love to have some of you guys over there. I, that was the other thing was it was exciting to get to like dip into your community, knowing that so many of these people obviously have to have a like-minded mindset and it's so important to me now. So I'm just so grateful that you brought me on and allowed me to share. And on my final note, I will say just go in. If you are a first time mom and you are wanting to do a home birth, I just really want to encourage it because I know it's a little scary. I know the statistics are very low of women who do it at home for their first time, but you know, I'm an example. Robin, who you had on the show is an example of like, it's possible. It doesn't mean that's going to be everyone, but don't let people tell you it's not possible because it is. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, that's the best, Nikki. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you. Isn't Nikki so personable and insightful? Honestly, choosing the clip to play at the beginning of the episode was so hard because she had so many great points. As we head into this episode roundup, let me cover a few. The first thing I wanted to discuss is the idea that if you don't prepare, you're going to end up with something that you don't want. I think this is such an important point. Culturally, we oftentimes put so much emphasis on things like weddings and baby showers and nursery decorations, but the reality is that the decisions made regarding your pregnancy, labor, and postpartum, they have the ability to stay with you and impact you indefinitely. Doing your best to prepare, no matter the actual outcome, whether things go completely according to plan or completely off track, the actual energy that you put forth into preparation provides so much empowerment in your experience. Which leads to my next point. Our need to balance the concept of control and, well, lack of control. You know, I've noticed lately a number of mothers who are unhappy with their birthing experiences, even those who have, quote, successful home births. I think somehow the idea that if birth doesn't look exactly a certain way, sometimes moms may feel as though it's a failure. To me, it seems so important to appreciate your individual experience for what it is to appreciate what was given to you and to recognize that we only have control over our own small sphere. There's a massive amount of unknown to our stories and we have to be willing to hold it all with an open hand. You can still have an empowered experience even when things don't go quite as planned or don't look quite how you'd imagined. I loved hearing how Nikki recognized that from the very beginning. And finally, I love hearing how Dan and Nikki work together so wonderfully in labor. Truthfully, I imagine much of this comes from the way they approached their pregnancy and labor as theirs. Both took ownership, both felt connected and responsible. Dan's comfort level with potentially catching their baby alone showed how connected he was to the experience. What a beautiful story. Okay, my friends, make sure you go check Nikki out on YouTube and Instagram. Like I said at the beginning, she is such a lovely balance of personality and insight. It was a blast having her on the show. Alrighty, that's all I've got for you today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.